Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I wanted to sort of lay the groundwork first. We were having a, a, another discussion and one thing that had come up was that our previous guest had said the quote, uh, don't let school get in the way of your education. And it really sparked a lot of uh, discussions between the three of us. So Chris, Mark, and myself actually dive deeper into that. And we talk about the effect that school has sort of had on all of us and the effect that school has on other people right now. Uh, and we compare that to education. And we sort of come to the agreement that there's a big difference between the two. So this episode's about that. So I hope you guys do find the time uh, to listen to it. And I hope you find some value in it. And if you have a different point of view, uh, I want you to be able to reach out to us and let us know. You know, we we all support the teachers and any sort of the educators and people like that out there. But we do understand that school itself in the terms of, in the sense of the system is is kind of broken and needs help. So we wanted to essentially talk about that today. So listen to this, let us know what you think, and uh, let's get to it. The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, often objective, and sometimes comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please, 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 throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. I learned way more on my own than I did in the regimented, you know, formulaic, test-based, busy work-based, quantifiable uh, arena that is a classroom. Like, if I look at that shit, like, and and no disrespect to our educators. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely none, but I have to be honest. I I wrote in... um, in one of my, uh, I think it was a poli sci class that I had in high school, and we pretty much had free reign to discuss whatever topic that we wanted to. And me being a brash 16-year-old, whatever, thinking I'm smarter than all the teachers and looking back and, and being right. But... Uh, <laughs> you fucking <laughs> asshole. Like, but but I wrote a paper about how me personally, it amounts to glorified babysitting because I'm sitting there in the classroom and I'm not speaking on all teachers. I'm talking about my subjective experience at Glasgow High School amongst a lot of the teachers I had. There were one or two that were very formative in getting me to really think and be be a critical thinker and a discerning consumer of information. But outside of that, everybody was not really memorable unless they were an asshole or something. So yeah, this yeah. this teacher was on maternity leave and had a uh, a sub in, a pretty long-term uh, sub in when we had to type this paper up. And y'all, I typed up a work of art. However, it was very adversarial to, to make the claim that uh, teachers are glorified babysitters. And that's a very rough condensation 
of of what the overall paper was, but it was to convey like, yo, I'm sitting in here in these seats and I'm watching maybe three kids in the whole class paying attention, right? Then there's a bunch of us that is like, all right, well, like, I kind of get it or I full on get it. You wasting my time. And then these motherfuckers that straight up didn't care or didn't get it. And that didn't change according to context. Like, you mm. could move from English class to arts and humanities to whatever. That dynamic is maintained. And I was part of that little microcosm and not on the other side. I wasn't the teacher that was going in there and laying their soul bare to try and invest and reach out to students or anything. So I understand, I to tell y'all, when she came back from maternity leave, she was madder than hell when she read my paper because I had been <laughs> Really? Yes, I had been king dingling in that class and she liked me, even though she was kind of a turd, she liked that I was like, you know, I halfway didn't give a fuck, but I still produced like decent shit. Well, when I showed back up, she wrote, she she graded some shit that he assigned and gave me an F. And I'm like, look, I went to her. I'm like, look, this ain't about to happen. You ain't about to give me an F for being honest about some stuff just because you don't agree with it. And so I had to retype a paper. I had to retype a motherfucking paper. Wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and not and again, not singing their praises. But I, I retyped a paper and I did it on a different topic. But um, when I look at our public school system, and I think it's very much by design when, when Mark was talking about, you know, why are we in here learning about like valence electrons and shit like that? Like, I don't I don't I'm into nerdy shit and I don't need mm-hmm. to be well versed in that kind of motherfucking thing. Like, I just don't like why not invest in building character and actual human beings that are functional because there's no vested interest in it. You produce consumers. And, and honestly, I I will say from my personal experience going up to the school system, um, every step of the way, it felt like my aptitude was being quantified and assessed. And that's it. And there was an occasional teacher here and there that was encouraging or elicited something in me. But the overall system was to kind of sort us out like like in Harry Potter, according to what fucking house we belong in. That shit sorted us out. And then whenever it was time to either go to vocate, you know, go on and, and pursue a vocation or go on to college or whatever it may be. Um, you know, you go off in the world, but honest to God, I, I adamantly, and, and I had my, I accidentally had my shit on mute whenever Steve was on at, at one point. And also I, I didn't, I'm not trying to interrupt every two seconds, but I adamantly disagree with this flippant approach to a uh, college education, this painting it with a broad stroke because it's. And especially like with sociology, it's super asinine to make an assertion that such a generalized uh, course of study that will afford you a a living wage in, I, I mean, I could go anywhere with a sociology degree and get a job and make a living wage. I'm not going to make a lot, but I can make mm. a living wage with a social degree. It's a handy motherfucker to have, right? 
But college, yes. w- college was less about the quantification of aptitude. You had already, you'd already arrived, right? You've already gotten there. Then you get to college. We'll say freshman year kind of was a little bit more of the same. You know, you're taking core classes and like level 100 classes and shit like that. It's, it's kind of old hat, right? Like, especially if you went to a good high school, when you get there freshman year, you're like, man, this is bullshit. This is easy in a motherfucker. But the culture that you're associated with, the cultural pluralism that you're exposed to, because you're in classrooms with people that are not from just a school over, like a high school over or a county over. You're you're in, in class with people from entirely different states, entirely different countries, and there's a lot of variation. You're not in there with your friends either. I mean, you might be able to schedule your class classes such that you got one or two classes that you take with your homie but once you get up to like level 300 courses that shit kind of goes out the window yeah it goes out the window yeah so really college the utility of getting a degree at a university if you actually are there and present is less about um less about the education um or school getting in the way of one's education. Cause I don't think that that matters for, for fuck like college professors. A lot of them didn't care if you showed up, if you, as long as you did your shit and made decent grades, a lot of them didn't give a shit if you showed up or not. Yeah. I think it it wasn't the same thing. And, and, and what I'm trying to broach is, um, the culture the exposure, the immersion, and then once you get, especially if you are in a course of study like sociology um, that teaches you to question your own belief systems and teaches you the subjectivity of things and how, how damn near non-existent objectivity is and to be a discerning consumer of information and fact check your fucking sources and have a work-cited page, that shit makes you a a more complete human being, I believe. It gives you a toolkit in order to go out in the world. It don't matter what you get your degree in. If you had to go through that hazing process of, no, prove it, motherfucker. Like, I don't care what your viewpoint is on this shit. If you can articulate a paper to paint the picture that you want, I'm I'm fixing to hook it up with an A or an or a B, depending. And yes. and I and there's enormous utility in that. And that and it disgusts me. I can't help it. It disgusts me that an entire an enormous swath of our young people are painted as these helpless crybaby motherfuckers when in reality they've had a hit job performed on them before they're able to even drink legally they're able to sign up to put themselves a hundred thousand dollars in debt what the fuck it's a racket yes but you got to give these people credit where they're due you can't just write them off and act like it's a it's a whole generation of soft ass motherfuckers because it's not and generation z there's some unique shit really coming out of Generation Z. And I'm honestly kind of proud of these cats. They're interesting. Like, it's, it's actually kind of funny. I was talking to one of my friends about this, and she said that, like, 
Gen Z kids are, you know, they can't, they can't call and order a pizza on their own, but they'll be quick to throw a brick through a window for some social justice. You know what I mean? But I do want to, I, I want to make a comment really quick. Um, I think that Steve's comment about college and stuff like that, and especially like social majors or people who, who went into those fields, I think what he was coming from was the fact that there is, especially, you know, we're all, all of us that were on that episode, and that's just all of us plus him, we're all of that same age and mindset where we were essentially sold a different bill of goods in that, you know, they would show the stats like people who go to college end up making more and, you know, you're supposed to have, a lot of us left college believing or feeling or even expecting that there was going to be some kind of a job or something like that waiting for us. And I think a lot of people are, are still sort of feeling the the ramifications of that. They're, yeah. they're still feeling that lie. Like I don't – he and, th- and that's why I think that he in a way cleaned it up by saying I still want to go back to school. He said that he wants to go back and finish his degree and stuff like that. Um it's it's that thing just like you had said too chris like yeah there's people out there that are getting stuck you know in a, in hundred thousand dollars worth of debt before they're even legally able to drink but i think that the one thing with college that i can always say is that that the, the idea of your school getting in the way of your education that is true up until college because i think when you get to college Correct. you get you get in the way of your education that Correct. is the only thing because I think that's, that that's, that's the an one excellent point. That's the one place where I felt comfortable at when a teacher has said something, I would just go, why? You know, that wasn't something that we could ask in high school because in high school and in elementary school and all that kind of stuff, it was always like, well, that's the curriculum that I was told to teach you. You know what I'm saying? They, they would say in a way where it was like that. Some may explain something like that. But a lot of times they don't have the time because they have to roll you in for they've got 40 minutes or whatever the you know average class time is. And then you have six. I remember Mr. Coker. Uh-huh. I remember, I remember Mr. his Coker. wife was a math teacher of mine. At, yeah. Coker, think, you know. Coker, Coker um, would like kind of rub me on the shit, like kind of, you know, wake me up. Yeah. I'd have I'd be drooling all over the desk. I'd wake up and he'd be like, um, you want to take this test or? Not nah, you don't feel like taking you don't have to, uh, but like yeah head to head you know it's physical science it's earth science it's so damn yeah. easy it's ridiculous. I was sit there and um and uh, one day I came in early to the class and was messing around with some of his science goofy stuff he had like you know the board and nails and stuff like that he always had stuff like that in the classroom and Coker was like you know I don't I don't care if you sleep you don't even have to come I like I can't remember how he said it but he talked to me like I was a grown ass man. <laughs> He was yeah. just like, he's like, like, this is less, less tax money for me. He said some crazy wild shit like that. I can't remember it as well as I used to the first decade or is two this after high, high school? school. Yeah, high school. Yeah, I was a well, sophomore. I, I, and Mr. Coker was like, go ahead, sleep. I don't care. Like, you can fail your whole life. But he wasn't saying it in that kind of, he was saying it to me like, seriously. Like, dude, yeah. I'm glad I ain't got to compete with you. Like, please fuck off like i'm not gonna write you up i ain't doing no detention games i ain't doing no lc just come on in here and go to sleep but, but I, you know he, I, I, I would he knew you had an aptitude though too yeah I know yeah that, that man yeah. recognized your aptitude yeah when i had other teachers it would just be like uh not in my face he said you're not just gonna um the one that ended up becoming the principal what was mm-hmm. his name uh skin what was his name 
Yeah, Coach Skinner, I think. Yeah. Livers. He's, no, no, Livers was there. He came when I came back from Texas. Oh, okay. He was a principal too. No, this guy taught history and was a end up being like the principal or superintendent of Bowling Green High, like still to this day, I think. But um uh, a bog dude. Real cool, but I would just be like, yo, I'm not taking no more overhead projector notes on Hitler and his tanks. I'm not like I've been taking these same notes all high school. And he was like, no problem, Mark. You said, get get out of my classroom. I'm not writing you up. I'm not doing it, but you know, just get out of this room. It was like on a on some man and mansion. Like you're not gonna sit in my face and just sleep right in front of me like yeah. that. Then one day he came in the class early, and I was hooking up his two new computers. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "What you you're the one doing?" That? I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the one that hooked up all the ones in the school. Me and Alex and Brad and a few other guys. Like, yeah." We're the ones doing that. And it's like, he's like, wow. So then he just let me do my computer programming during his class. My whole point was that 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 raw, real connection meant more than the entire semester school year of the bullshit. So I know yeah. there's a shortcut path to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that was we had a better relationship and rapport. And I and that stuff stuck in my memory when. Well, when well, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, and and that that really rings true to me in in kind of a peripheral sense because I uh -huh. feel overwhelmingly all through school, especially once I hit middle school and I became particularly belligerent and full of my own bullshit and being like, this teacher don't know as much about this shit as I do. Like, she mispronounced uh, C anemone. This bitch said anemone, and I, I corrected it. <laughs> like, shit like that. Um, the what was it? The cask of Amontillado. Whenever she was another teacher mispronounced, she called a uh, cognac cognac, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you are a grown. This is a grown ass woman that I'm supposed to look at as an authority on literature because we were reading, you know you know, poems and things like that. And you don't even know how to pronounce. And and maybe somebody can fact, there's probably somebody somewhere that's like, well, there is an alternative pronunciation that you can say cognac, but I've always heard cognac for my mm -hmm. whole life. And this woman said cognac. And she's the only person to ever do that. My point is, I feel like I got to a point in middle school and high school where they recognized me as somewhat behaviorally problematic. I didn't do my, like, you going to give me a crossword puzzle about, uh, or a word find about the terms that we supposed to be using instead of us exploring the terms that we supposed to be using in a meaningful way? Like, this don't apply to me. And I know this don't apply to me, so I'm not going to turn it in. So basically, when I look back at my middle school and high school career, I think I got assessed through the testing system as, look, there's no reason to impede this man's progress. If he don't want to fucking follow the rules, we just going to let him, we going to let him on through. Because there ain't no way that I made the grades that I did sometimes. They just didn't, because I wouldn't do busy work. I would show up, I would test well, I'd participate in class, but they just, they sent me along. They, I was more trouble, like Mark was saying. I was, oh, yeah. it took more effort for them to try and rein me in when they knew 
realistically, Kilborn gonna be all right. This motherfucker's gonna land on his feet. Yeah, and one way or stupid, the other. Man. These are good people. These are people that mean well. They're just as fucked up in the system as we are. I mean, the teachers. And so I, I know that you are you are one of those kinds of students, you know, because I wasn't the only one. I saw other guys. I saw like rebel students that had that same kind of freedom as I did, where the teacher was just like, okay, he's not, he's gonna show up to class. Sometimes he isn't, but like he's just and even other kids recognized it. You know, it wasn't me until my junior year, but I remember being in middle school. You know how you're in middle school and those first kids that ever start getting high and stuff? It seems wild because you're still a fifth grader in your head, you know, but you can be in seventh grade and the first kids to, like, get arrested for drugs or something. Like, I remember those kind of kids, like, looking yeah, like... I was one of them. I was Bender one of them wild out of the, Yeah, looking like Bender out of the Breakfast Club. Like, they were just on some other shit and way ahead, a few years ahead of what they had been exposed to. And, you know, so I'm saying to say kids recognize it, too, but that just tells me that there's definitely I still would have liked those years back is what I'm saying. I would have liked to not be wandering the halls doing nothing or hanging out in wood shop class doing nothing. I would have rather there been some way of st- activating me because it, it would take me a few years later before I could get exposed to what I was ready for then as a sophomore and junior, you know, and um, I don't know of kind of taking the conversation away, but, but yeah, that would have been education for me, you know, that so so how problem. do we how, how do we bring this back to uh what we were talking about initially between um participation in the larger system like yeah. like personal efficacy participation think, yes. versus versus opting out in a meaningful way and when i say opt out i don't mean the cliche sitting in your mama's basement playing world of warcraft all the time with Cheeto dust on your mouth. Like I'm, I'm saying like, you know, skills like, like me personally, again, we all, all three of us speak from a place of privilege. I was given the privilege of being raised Melungeon. Like my father always imbuing in me, like motherfucker, whenever you go, I'm a little ass kid. Like, I don't understand I don't know what the fuck's going on. I know that I get dark in the summertime and I have squinty eyes and a wide nose, but that's all I I didn't look like white kids per se, but I didn't really think about that kind of shit. And Earl Kilborn is like, you make sure you put other. Whenever it asks for your race on any kind of test that you fill out, you put other on that shit, right? But that's the answer, dude. That's that's the answer mm. to your question right there because that's a great example because I remember going through it myself and I remember going through it with uh, Max's girlfriend's daughter. Just key moments I would see in her life. And this is a kid that came up, um, you know, AP overachieving McNeil, Bowling Green High, that route. Like, she, this kid don't miss. This kid graduated top of the class and all that. She's about to finish up college, as a matter of fact. But I remember seeing that same little spark when she encountered something in her, it was something racial she had encountered and she had that question mark in her and I was ready to pounce. Like, yes, I got the information. I got the answers. This is what you just went through. And this is why what I'm getting at it to answer what Chris had, had put forth is that's how we create more authentic experiences. Kids, just like when kids see their parents arguing or something, they don't know. But if you tell them, they'll know they perceive it and it stays there in their head until there's a valid, believable 
realistic, practical answer given to them. So as they're having experiences, you have to identify quickly what the authentic experience for that young person will be. I had a kid at the Boys and Girls Club that was natural born killer. And I, I'm, I'm saying like you, he would he would he would have got along really good with you, Chris, if, if you were nine years old, he would come in packing dead birds and stuff. I'd have to to say, hey, man, you know, the bird, you can't, they'll give you diseases, you'll get sick, you got to stay clean. But when there was a bat or something like in there or 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 critter gets into the boys, he'd be the one to help me chase it down. We'd go outside and walk around in the woods around the club. You know, he was a naturalist. He would always talk about fishing with his grandpa. He was a killer. Now, check this. His dad was in prison for killing someone. He that young man had that aptitude that where he he would take a, a cat and pick it up by its tail and swing the cat like a morning star and like bash his head on a telephone pole and be cracking God up like he didn't have a conscience, but he was still a sweet little kid. So you have to guide him correctly. There's the, there's the village hunter. You know what I mean? He's just the guy that's, he's a trapper. He's a natural born, you know, hunter. Like that's all that is. He didn't, before you, you know, put him through a bunch of stuff where he doesn't feel included and turns into some psychopath. You get what I mean? I'm trying not to say the young man's name, but I'm saying we could do that because all adults, you see it in kids when you're around them. You see that, oh, there's no point in uh, making Kilborn go through this stuff. But if we try to force them, then we're going to have this behavior problem. So like, education could, could stand to be a lot more dynamic and really, um, really drive kids in the direction that would like develop their natural aptitudes and show them how easy fulfillment is to to accomplish you know as long as they got the freedoms and the and the little responsibilities of being a citizen they come right along with that they'll still be a tax paying you know contributing citizen instead of trying to turn everybody into like you know a cubicle person you know one thing that i also want to add and chris was saying like you know participating versus opting out i think that when you when you really get it you really become tapped in and you really start to participate when you decide to opt out. Like, honestly, yeah. when I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy into this shit anymore. Like, I'm not going to be one of the people, at least in Bowling Green, that's hooked to the same fucking IV. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. I was just God. like, dude, think about yeah. this town. It, like yeah. all there is to do when, when people get paid, when people get anything, what do they what do they want to do? Go to goddamn red lobster or mellow mushroom. Fucking or cheddars. That's what they they're cheddars. <laughs> you know, like that's what people think about. Like that is what is like that's the standard here. In like when I decided, yes, when I decided that no, I'm gonna happily sit at my fucking desk and play Call of Duty, like mm-hmm. and, and like chill out and and just be 100% fine with it and not have to buy in that made me want to go and like that made me that gave me that time as i'm sitting here on my keyboard and shit to think about like what can i do that's like cooler than this shit what can i do that's bigger than than cheddar biscuits what can i do to to help make not someone else do do what they ain't, no, they ain't much better than cheddar biscuits man. <laughs> <laughs> You tripping, Shut the whole I'm, show down. Thinking of food he's like, Granddaddy, you took her out and got her cheddar biscuits. Yeah, <laughs> the fam don't get cheddar biscuits. The fam don't get cheddar biscuits. 
but yeah, that's like when I decided to opt out, that's when I got tapped in. And I think that that is one of the most important things that I, that I hope that people can understand when you're going through this life and you're going through the education, like I think that now more than ever in the age of the internet, it's caused a lot of kids to be like sitting there in their classroom going like, yo, this is all bullshit. Ernie, shut the fuck up. Like it's caused a lot of kids to just be like, yo, this is, this is stupid. You know, this is bullshit. Like what am I sitting here wasting this time and energy and all this other stuff for? And again, this is not any slight on the, on the school systems or anything like that, but it's just saying that like, there is a time. It's a legitimate concern that our schools are getting in the way of our education. It really is. And yes, well, there I, is. There, I, I will I slight the it, school system, though. I, I I won't slight the teachers, sure. but I will slight, I won't the, slight school the teachers. System. There you go. I don't because I, I, I don't want to slight the teachers. And I think that if teachers, I I wish I can ask because they're like, victims. It, they are, dude. Yeah. Just like yeah. just like just like the police law enforcement is being yes, victims in order to understand this. Exactly. Exactly. There and like all they can do is perpetuate the the fucked up damage and all this other stuff that's going on, and just hope that these kids realize it later on. That like, hey, I, maybe this isn't what it's all about. Maybe this test score that I got doesn't mean that I'm going to be a failure in life. How many kids out there are still like reeling, or how many adults out there are still reeling from something that their teacher said to them? I remember when I had a programming teacher. That told me that I that he's like I don't know if technology is going to be that field for you. You think you think I didn't make a Facebook post about it when I nearly tripled his fucking salary? You know oh, what I'm saying? I, I I called Rick White. Did you I really? Called, I called Rick White. I called Rick White before my big break. I called Rick White when I was kicking ass in small office, home office. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, you know, I, he said. You know what's your what's your score and 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 Mr. Border, cool ass Coach Border is teaching geometry. I don't know what he told him, but he must have told him he's sleeping because what I was doing in there probably like I don't know if your math skills aren't good, then maybe you're not good gonna be good at programming. A, a good you know a good conclusion to make you know uh uh so it's a a realistic predictor you know people somehow think if you're good at math you'll be good at other things, but whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I remember calling him. That was only about six or seven years after high school. Uh, I wouldn't even dare call him now because he, he, you know, I didn't have any problem with him. But I just, I don't know. I just much more bold then than I am now. But uh, you know, he he had said that. He said, "No, I don't think you can handle it." But you know, I'll, so I'll, so I'll, what we're dealing what we're what we're really dealing with, like if we look at the bigger picture. And I think that this is a common theme with a lot of our meaningful discussions is that we have a system that inherently commodifies us from the age of five on, you know, like, like Killer Mike has a line. It's like the way I see it, you probably free us from the ages one to four, from the age mm, of five, you shift away for your body to be stored. They preach, uh, what does it say? They preach education, but really they feed us tests and scores and uh, predicate a prison population on who's scoring the lowest. And usually the lowest score is the poorest and they look like me. Um, 
I think that we look at a system and all of these components to the system as commodifying us and the ability to transcend that is really what we all commonly between the three of us having different perspectives on what it means to opt out is transcending that subjugative element of that system. First, you have to acknowledge it and see to what degree and how pervasive the impact of that tether, that success. Like, honestly, yeah. some of the wealthiest people are well-kept pets. They're, they're kept in pivotal positions to maintain the status quo within their community, but they're still tethered. They're in gilded cages, so to speak. I have no Y'all, I mean, if somebody was to be like, here's a million dollars, that's cool. But if somebody were to implement like, okay, here's a million dollars, but this is the conditions by which you have to follow in order to maintain this degree of opulence. I don't, I don't give a fuck about material possessions. And I don't know if that was something that was ingrained in me, something that's native to me as being a mixed race hillbilly from Appalachia. I don't know what it is, but... I really, you can't hold me hostage. And like Mark was saying, there's something fucking, it, it lights a fire in you when you know that you got to hustle. And and being close to the edge or teetering on the edge, sometimes it's, it's an enlightening fucking thing, especially for those of us that have gotten really comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I know I, I've went on this, this convoluted kind of diatribe about opting out of the system or participating in the system. We have to participate in the system in some way, shape, form or fashion, unless we're going to go live in the woods and, and be moonshiners or some shit like that. Like that's really the only option to meaningfully completely opt out. Yeah. So, so to what degree does the system that has indoctrinated and sort Sorted us out and almost pre-designated a lot of our trajectories. What degree of influence does that have on each one of us? And I think that the three of us sit around and think about that shit, but I don't think a lot of people do. A lot of people are taught this shit, and we've talked about this before on podcasts. We we're we're fed, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful for what you have. And that's a great thing in theory, but if you're grateful without questioning it, if you're grateful without taking it apart and looking at it and comparing it to other people's situations, then it becomes pacification. Yeah, definitely. Someone said earlier uh, on, I think, a podcast I was listening to today that, you know, I wonder how much of this nonsense is necessary in order to maintain all of the other things that we take perhaps for granted in America, the, the amount of thriving and opulence we have here, to what degree is it necessary to kind of corral and orchestrate the outcomes and the paths of people's lives? Because if you simplify that fulfillment circle of personal efficacy, applying myself to my environment and reaping, you know, the maximum amount of that, that that's that, uh, what do we call that, independence, or living off the grid, whatever you want to call that, um, there certainly wouldn't be the same kind of huge consumer economy, you know? So to what degree are, is it necessary to turn people into that? Because you said uh, you said tethered earlier, and that's exactly what it does. 
you can easily teach people not to be that. Some people are taught that, you know, don't ever, ever be dependent on anyone else for yeah. your the primary things you need in life. But we're, we're well, not taught it, that. It, it's almost all. it's almost being held hostage. And we even talked yeah. about it with Steve, I believe, to a degree that it's like uh, Stockholm syndrome. You end up identifying with the very people that are low key subjugating you. You end up identifying with these individuals that you have zero in common with, but you aspire to be. And it's it's chasing windmills. It's absolutely 100% chasing fucking windmills. And we cannot, cannot ignore the fact that the majority of the population are followers. There are a lot mm-hmm. of people, there are, there are plenty of people that are born leaders or born to be independent. Like, I don't want to say lone wolf, but that's kind of how I am. I have no desire to necessarily lead other individuals but i'd be goddamn like i am definitely not a fucking follower um or i'd like to think that i'm not but we have to acknowledge that the majority of the population wants that they want to be told what to do they've been conditioned to be told what to do just point me in the direction of what i need to do and i'll do it and then i'll go home and then i'll sit on the couch and and rest and or decompress and not question I'm so exhausted. I'm so tapped out. I've, I've met my needs. Like my mortgage is paid. Everything is paid. But is that reality or is that your reality that you have, that you have been handed your trajectory that you've been placed on from through school, from your parents, from society at large? Um, I, I think, I think anybody that's our age, older, younger, would do well to at least sit down and reflect on that. Like, especially in a society where we define ourselves so, so fucking much by what we do for a living. Yeah. This has been good. This has been really good. Were you going to say one other thing, Chris? Well, and and just to kind of, again, bring it back to the, 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 the dichotomy that we've created or the, I guess the spectrum that we've created or where, where we fall on it um, and making allowances that each of us have our own unique ones. Um, finding fulfillment. We have to acknowledge that what, what gives an individual fulfillment isn't necessarily a fucking good thing either. It isn't necessarily a good thing for society at large. It's not even necessarily, and and I'm using qualifiers like good when, you know, that that's a highly subjective fucking thing to begin with. But, um, yeah, a, a lot of people fundamentally could feel fulfilled and and high on their own supply when it comes to what they do for a living and how much guap they have. When and, and I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm not saying that my approach is right, but I, I gain fulfillment through the fact that if you were to strip me entirely of all of my amenities, and I, you know, I work with homeless individuals, and I see how they they survive, and the goddamn ingenuity that these in, that these individuals come up with to survive. I mean, it's incredible. It takes amazing know-how. And, and struggle and trial and error in order for them to come to these points. Um, 
I get fulfillment and satisfaction and contentment out of the fact that I don't need that stuff. Like, I, I, I don't have to have that stuff. If I get it, it's a bonus. Any other stuff is a bonus. And I'm grateful for it, but I'm not grateful for the fucking system. I don't, I don't, I don't bypass that. I look at it in terms of, okay, I invested this effort and it, it afforded this return. Now, what is the ultimate impact of that? What is the net impact of that? Where did my ball end up with this shit? And that's what I'm saying with my vocation, or with my profession. Um, I know that what I'm doing is not, it's, it's not causing harm to other individuals, even peripherally not causing harm to other individuals. I know that for a fact, and I'm fortunate in that sense. And I, and I get a lot of, uh, you know, my needs are met financially. And then beyond that, Gentlemen, I, I cannot tell you the amount of satisfaction that I get as a human being knowing that I'm instrumental in facilitating the well-being of others and easing the suffering of others. And to me, the closest thing to the meaning of life, to me, is those two things, F facilitating the success of other individuals to go on and be better and do better. And be better and, and, and know more than you do even. Mm. Um, and then also at the same time, not leaving a lot of, of fucking chaos and destruction in my wake. I think that that's the closest thing to the meaning of life is easing the suffering of others and facilitating the success of others and not some kind of hollow contrived, um, you know, possession or monetary based thing because really it's all invented you know we're what's that thing that says it's a meme it's like let's trade uh pieces of paper until we die it, it that's really what it motherfucking amounts to in some ways so and and that's again that's my own very skewed you know melungeon hill people kind of view of things but god damn that's that's where i draw my satisfaction and and the only battle that i do fight is between be doing something that I know is inherently selfish, me stepping away and doing grand things on my own, building and creating and farming and doing all this stuff on my own that lots of people would be amazed by. They'd be like, man, you worked hard and you did that. And in reality, I'm like, ah, I'm kind of disgusted with myself because, I, again, I'm the big sword. I'm the guy that can swing the big fucking uh, battle axe out here for the sake of people who can't stand up for themselves. Is that a shitty fucking thing for me to do? At this point in my life, I feel like it is. Mm. So it's it, to me, a lot of this comes down to um, our responsibility as individuals living in a society in a what we would like to think is a civilized society. And the people that think that they can, oh, well, I work hard, I make money, I contribute, I consume, but really what is it that you do to make the world a fucking better place? Or what is it that you do to minimize the amount of negative shit that you end up putting out in the world? So, 
that's about it as far as oh, my end of the shit. But and I again, I recognize that my shit's kind of extreme, but I, I I do believe that I think I think a lot of people would do well to at least borrow a piece of that. Mm. You're right. I I agree with that. I think we could all use a piece of that. Um, you want to do we have? Oh God! I knew this. as soon as I threw that fucking alley oop up, you were gonna you try wanna, and slam it. You want a piece? You want the whole thing? No, I don't want the whole thing, dude. I read about it. On, I read about it on topics, man. I'm not trying to get on that level. All right. Do we have any shameless shoutouts before we jump off here? Well, always a shameless shout out to the homie Tyler Young at Grade Eight Performance. Uh, Clip Bushong, Grade Eight Performance. If Time out. Interested- I realized that I had a Ernie. Shut the fuck up. I realized I had a, a bowling class with him before he left. For the uh, to I think he went to Iraq or something. Ernie, get down! <laughs> I'm gonna beat Kalu his ass. muted it get so down. he could beat his dog. So before he left, I think he he might have left Western to go to uh, to go into the service or to he might have been deployed or something like that. But I had a bowling class with him, and that dude was just so cool. And you'd been talking <laughs> nice, about man. so nice, but it was funny like seeing him when he came back i was like this guy turned into a fucking machine <laughs> oh i was and, like he's a bad dude but he's so happy and jovial i'm just that, like what? And, and that and that's why he's one of my favorite human beings on this planet like yeah. he he and i have different socio-political views yeah but he's sincere and he really yeah. cares about human beings i've never met yeah. somebody that's in law enforcement that approaches people the way that he fucking does. Like, he's yeah. like, please, like, I'm, give me every reason to not give you a hard time. Like, I don't want to yeah. be here. I don't want to give you a hard time. But on top of that, you know, I'm, we're, Tyler and I are enormously fortunate to have him as part of the team because, mm-hmm. like you said, the man is an absolute machine. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in, um, Anything having to do with small arms training, um, marksmanship, tactical training, we've got you. Grade 8 Performance has got you on that. If you're interested in strength training, conditioning, anything having to do with physicality, self-defense, Grade 8 Performance has got you. If you're interested in survival tactics, um, woodland like foraging, identification of uh, endemic species, whether you can eat them, whether they're poisonous, that kind of stuff. Grade eight performance has got you. So again, Tyler Young is steer- steering the ship on that. Slide in the inbox for a uh, grade eight performance and see what we can do for you. Cause I mean, honestly, you are not going to get the same degree of training across the board for the price that, that is being asked anywhere else. And I have to say again, my partners in this, they they amaze me. The things that these gentlemen can are capable of and can accomplish, and and how trustworthy they are, incredible. So shout out to Grade Eight Performance. Holler at us, even if you are just interested and want to ask some questions. Give us a shout, man. We're always excited to participate. And then obviously I got to give the shameless shout out to Raw Power Moving Service. 
this weekend we have been whooping all the ass we moved another gigantic liberty uh gun safe that weighed you know 800 and something pounds we three-manned it the guy that we moved it from he said and we it, it literally took us three minutes to get in grab it strap it up pull it out and load it on the trailer and he said dude it took five of us three hours to do that we were like no shit he said well maybe not three hours but it did take five of us and it took us a long time so you know we moved gun safe we moved a 1200 pound pool table this weekend we moved a 400 and something pound headboard down a narrow flight of, of fucking steps we moved a 450 pound uh refrigerator uh uh, we you should, take, you should maybe maybe take pictures of it and be kind of cool hey, chronic, chronicle that stuff we intend to in in the future being more diligent about like the the trophies basically that yeah accomplished. Yes. but yeah today even we we loaded up a 425 pound refrigerator which i don't know if y'all noticed but refrigerators don't normally weigh that damn much and two of us it was still in the box loaded it unloaded it delivered it safely um we specialize in things that other individuals fundamentally don't want to do or aren't capable of doing and we do it for a lower price so holler at raw power moving service it's uh at raw power on facebook sweet sweet um again thank you all for your time and attention uh things are going to get crazy so please be safe take care of yourselves take care of each other and we are out peace